You're listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. Each week, we spotlight members of the WordPress community. I'm your host, Doc Pop. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine and my contributions over on torquemag.io. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. You can also download the episodes directly from WMR.fm. This week marks the 20th anniversary of WordPress. I doubt that when Matt Mullenweg and Mike Little started working on this CMS, they could have predicted that eventually WordPress would power over 40% of the sites on the web. Over the past year, AI-powered tools like Dolly and Midjourney have taken the world by storm, and it's still in the early days of large language models and text-to-image generators, so it's hard to tell which part of this technology are actually game-changing, things we'll be talking about in 20 years from now, and which parts are just novelties. But it does seem obvious that either way, people are using AI already to help create content for their websites, to help build their websites, and possibly even how they'll interact with those websites in the future. So joining today is my guest, Joe Hoyle, uh, the CTO and co-founder of HumanMade. We're going to talk about AI's place in a WordPress agency and HumanMade's upcoming AI conference. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you just get us started by telling us how you got into WordPress? Sure, and thanks for having me on. How I got into WordPress, yeah, it was a while ago, certainly, maybe 14 years ago or, or something like that, maybe a little longer. I think I was just out of college building websites as you do at that kind of fairly uh, inexperienced level and came across WordPress. I remember actually building a couple of sites in Joomla before that and then finding WordPress and then immediately thinking, oh, this is, this is a much better system that's easier and smoother to use than that. And from there, really, just a, I would say a, a fairly incremental growth up until this point of bringing HuMade into existence, I think 12 or 13 years ago, and then the whole journey that that's been as well. Has HumanMade been focused on WordPress most of that time? Yeah, yeah, exclusively so, I suppose. When me uh, and Tom Wilmot, my brother, founded the company, we were already doing WordPress development individually. You know, that was something like pre-custom post types. WordPress as a CMS was even a novel concept, and, and we were doing quite a bit of work around that already with some enterprise-size companies. So that's really where we spun the company out, really, was bringing WordPress to the enterprise, I guess, and initially, obviously, creating a very smaller niche WordPress agency around that and, and then have grown over time in, in terms of the... Um, amount of people that work work with us now and the size of projects we do and, and all that kind of thing. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the show then today because you've seen things in WordPress and you've been around for a while. And I'm really kind of curious to mm. hear your thoughts on this. And the impetus for having you join us on the show today is because HumanMade is doing a conference coming up. It's an online conference called AI for WordPress. You have many great speakers lined up and it sounds like it's going to be an interesting conversation happening on May 25th online. If people are interested, they can go to humanmade.com to find out more information about that. But I, I would like to hear, what should agencies know about AI? What is a top-level thing that you think just getting started if an agency is mm. thinking about exploring AI? Yeah, well, I think for uh, WordPress agencies like HumanMade specifically, where our majority of our skill set, I suppose, you know, the bread and butter of that industry is in building WordPress solutions. We definitely don't know the final answer to this really yet in, in terms of is AI kind of a 
tool to add to the tool belt of technologies that we might use. Like maybe, you know, several years ago, we added like, uh, let's say, you know, learn JavaScript deeply was kind of the thing then. And the ecosystem generally has adopted, uh, you know, the JavaScript language and ecosystem and therefore solutions that you, you build. Is AI that kind of thing? Is it something a lot, you know, deeper than that, I suppose, in terms of we should see AI as more of an augmenter to everything that we do. And that could be the technology and solutions we build, but also we don't really know how deep or wide reaching that is yet, I think, to, in terms of just how it changes everybody's job and all the way through to like a, a wide like societal change, for example. So where exactly AI stops, I don't really know, but I can already see obviously applications for AI, both in terms of how we build solutions with WordPress for customers and also um, how customers kind of expectations of technology is also shifting quite quickly with seeing, you know, what people can now do with computers when they're assisted by AI. So I, I feel like it's maybe changing from both of those angles, you know, just which is fairly certain, which is the work that we do as developers, engineers is undoubtedly going to change. I mean, one of the first places where these large language models have gone is actually writing code, which might have actually been quite surprising. Uh, it might, might have been one of those things that you would put quite low down the list of industries to be disrupted by AI initially. That, that's where I guess I can see it playing out in the beginning. Where will we be in one year or longer? I mean, it's, it's difficult to say because the technology itself is evolving fairly rapidly. And at the same time, I feel like us humans everywhere are also still adjusting to the current point that the technology is at as well. Like we're, we're probably lagging a little bit, right, in our like adoption or understanding the implications of what just being able to even just something like generate very natural human language has given us the capabilities to do. So I feel like longer term, it's kind of anybody's guess in terms of where we end up. You mentioned uh, back in 2015, Matt Mullerwig asked everyone to learn JavaScript deeply. And this year he said, spend as much time leveraging AI as possible. I'm curious, what sort of technology stack does a WordPress agency or a web developer, what technology do they need to know? to use AI? Yeah. Are they needing to learn machine learning in Python? Right, right. I, th I think that's a great, great question. Um, and I've definitely, I, I will be speaking about a little bit about this on Thursday as well, of this kind of like, there's there's a, a big spectrum when it comes to, you know, quote AI, and that's really, you know, morphed out of this more recent advances in in machine learning and large language models as well. So it's difficult to know how deep you kind of need to go into this, I suppose. And I think I think Matt's call to really just encourage people to use these tools, you know, in what way they can to become familiar with them is is certainly a good first step because it it just creates familiarity and it's it's not that everybody needs to become a kind of like neural network computer scientist overnight or anything like that. I think initially using them for your own work or even not work activities that you're doing give you some level of familiarity so at least you're not completely um, unaware of of what these tools are capable of and what they can help with and that kind of thing. Um, I think beyond that, as engineers, and I think the definition of what, you know, who, who engineers are is probably going to shift with this as well, because there's, there's so much capability in the AI models that can help you there. There's certainly two sides that I see to that. One is, is using 
AI to improve your own, you know, okay, I, I used to write code. Now I'm going to write code with the help of an AI. And Google's Bard and ChatGPT and ChatGPT plugins on top of that are, and, and Copilot from GitHub uh, and, and Copilot X, which is, I think, around the corner. All of those tools can increase your productivity as a programmer. But that, again, is that's, I would say, programmers getting up to speed as much as an accountant might need to get up to speed with how AI can impact their jobs and the work that they're doing. Um, so I, I'd say, again, that's kind of table stakes, I think, to some degree, is to understand how these tools can help us as developers, programmers, in terms of how those tools can be applied there. But then there's kind of the other side of creating solutions using these tools. And that's where you do have this very big spectrum, probably something between, you know, I'm going to use an open AI API for generating some text, for example, and incorporating that into the software that I'm building. And then you have, you know, a little more in depth around training pre-existing models. So you've got things like the Llama model from Facebook that you can train yourself. And a lot of the uh, Google stuff that was recently unveiled is like, use our model, but allow your training on top. So you've kind of got that, but then you've got lower levels of that, which is maybe using uh, a lot of the open source models and running them yourself on hardware that you control. And, you know, that is kind of a case of, you know, getting Python set up and uh, all of the beefy hardware that needs to go with that. And then you obviously have uh, the the much more lower level, I would say, of, of uh, you're, you're really actually understanding the nuts and bolts of how neural nets work and, and all of that. And I think obviously the deeper you go down this stack, the less you are going to be relating it to your WordPress solutions. And that, that's always been the case with, if you just look at like the language technology stack, you know, people use WordPress APIs, which is written in PHP. So they have some good understanding of PHP, but then PHP is written in C and WordPress developers typically don't really need to know C at all. And then C itself, you know, is compiling to machine code. But again, once you're a WordPress developer, you're you're a long distance away from needing to know anything about that. And that's just, I guess, the same spectrum that I'm kind of seeing emerge with with AI. And it's been it's been a really exciting year because the the level of the APIs has got to a very high level where as a web engineer, it's now at the point, I think, where they're speaking your language in terms of like, okay, well, it's a REST API and I pass it some things, I pass an instruction in a data and then I get something back. So now I understand how I can work that into the application. And, you know, I've been working with APIs for all these other things. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, the last year has actually got it to the point where it's really fairly applicable and a fairly small adjacent, you know, move and learning in technology really to to take your maybe like full WordPress stack understanding and, and expand that to being able to use some of these capabilities and solutions that you make. Well, that's a great spot for us to take a quick break, Joe. We will be right back to talk with you about more things that agencies should keep in mind when working with AI. And so stay tuned for more Press This after the short break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. 
It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. I'm your host, Doc Pop. And today we're talking with Joe Hoyle, the CTO and co-founder of Human Made, about what agencies need to know when working with AI. And we just ended that first segment talking about the tools that people could use and how deep maybe they need to go or, or don't need to go. In a more practical level, as someone who's working with an agency, can you can you tell us, you know, either maybe specific examples that Human Made has done or just kind of some, some, you could leave out client names if you need to, but just, I'd like to hear about how AI is being utilized by human aid when working with a client right now. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a good question. And I'd say for us, it's, it's definitely early days. I think like it is for many right now. I mean, I guess within AI, there's so much kind of hype cycle around it really. To be honest, a couple of months ago, I was a little skeptical of whether this was just going to be kind of a hype cycle that, that comes and goes. And that's kind of, how I would view a lot of like the, um, let's say, crypto and Web3 type stuff, for example. Um, I was fairly skeptical there too. And what, But once I actually got stuck into applications in terms of, okay, well, what problems can large language models and the image generation models, for example, actually solve, I actually see a lot of practical benefits, let's say. But in, in terms of how that translates to client work for an agency. I mean, I, I think it comes from two directions as things often do in client work. Either your client is kind of like asking for something, they've come up with a great idea around how they've pieced together, how maybe AI could be applied to a problem. And that's, you know, they're looking for their CMS to be able to do that. And that's really a case of, you know, translating product owner requirements into ultimately into code. And I think that side is in some ways easier to deal with because you understand what you're trying to build. We have a customer in financial services, for example, and, and one specific challenge for them is around content production and um, essentially just like quality of content that is being produced and also their editorial team understanding the content that's already been created. And that's an area where AI can help quite a lot, both in terms of answering questions of your existing content, as you've probably seen, the interfaces with AI around conversations is very good. So you can ask questions of your content. Uh, you know, have we ever written about X, Y, or Z, or, or what's, a, an, uh, what's the next uh, thing that we should consider in this series of, of posts, whatever, that kind of thing. And then also more at the like granular editorial level, there is, you know, AI tools have shown to be really useful around just being able to do editorial, either like rewriting to be better grammar or changing tone, you know, SEO optimization, that kind of thing. So we've got a couple of ongoing conversations around, you know, those kind of like, I would say, um, this is kind of what our work usually is, which is like enterprise-y uh, use cases where they're quite specific in terms of like, okay, a little bit of productivity win for our ed editorial team is going to make a big difference and it's worth the investment for us to do that. So I, I think that 
those things do seem to largely fall around improving productivity of content production and something to do with understanding semantic meaning and, and interrogation of existing content. But then on the, on the other side, in terms of like solutions, you know, if this is another tool in your tool belt, just like, um, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I know a new library that can do X, Y, or Z, or I understand JavaScript at a deeper level or something. That's really where it's the engineer's job to appropriately program some outcome. So you have a something, you know, maybe you have a, a requirement for your classic like related content block or something. For those kind of problems, I would definitely like to see as a human made, for example, but, but I think this will apply to all agencies really of just like when we're just coming up with solutions to customer requirements, then we're just like have AI as that a part of that tool belt. So it, it could be like content classification problems, things like that, right? Like of like, okay, well, we want to select the the categories for this thing, or we want to do sentiment analysis on, you know, user generated content, or, you know, we don't want people to upload obscene images, all of those kind of problems. Uh, being fairly aware of what you can achieve with um, the AI tools that are out there from a development point of view, I think is very valuable because ultimately you can really short circuit a lot of long in-depth programming work with these models. If you take something like, I mean, I've, I've implemented a similar algorithm many times around like finding common posts by tag or something like that, right? It's like, okay, so I write code, I loop through the tags, I look at those tags, I look at my list of tags, I try to match them, I order that by the amount of tags that it has in common. And then I like, you know, strip the ones that have already been shown on the page. I don't know, something like this. You kind of build up this whole algorithm. But really what you're actually doing there is probably approximating a requirement from a, a, a customer that's something a little more broad around show similar content or something like that. You can literally give something like GPT-4 via the API. You just give it that human instruction and you give it your list of tags or whatever. And then it just you know, somewhat miraculously will uh, come up with, with the solution to those kind of problems and, and generally a lot more accurately as well, because not to go too deep on kind of what programming is and all of that, but you're always trying to kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're feeding in a, a requirement or an outcome and you're ultimately having to break that down into logical rules and very definite steps. And there's some, something that can be lost in that translation you know, you, you have to choose the things that you can actually objectively implement or the, the area where you actually have structured data to deal with and you don't, you know, really go further than that. So it's like if if the right metadata isn't there, then you just kind of make make do. Now with large language models, you can just feed them a lot of unstructured data and you can actually give them relatively unstructured um outcomes that you're looking for. And lo and behold, you know, I would say they have a very good success rate of actually kind of interpreting that and giving you back a very good result, which is not only a lot quicker to implement, it's actually in many cases a lot more kind of, I don't know, I, I would say accurate, but accurate isn't, is the, a, a lot of these problems is like accuracy isn't, accuracy assumes that you have a very specific, you know, picture of exactly what you want. And, and the reality is in many cases, you don't have that. And, and that's where using a CMS is kind of, in the worst example, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a glorified database of hundreds of fields to fill in because we program in very strict logical terms where it's like everything needs to be structured in a separate field. And then really people just feel like they're doing data entry. 
I see really uh, these tools being able to break down that barrier a lot more to, for us to potentially have a lot more unstructured data, to potentially have interfaces that are a lot more human for our clients to use, like in the back end when they're content authoring or whatever else they might be doing, you know, creating campaigns, events, all of these things where, you know, we're very used to having people need to follow a very strict regimented like, oh, well, you forgot to enter the right time zone and yada, yada in that box. You didn't tick that button. We're kind of getting to the point where we're going to be able to provide interfaces to clients that are just a lot more natural where they can kind of describe what they want. And then we can use these large language models to ultimately tie that all together in a much more coherent way. What you're describing in that last segment, it sounds like you're saying that AI could not just change the way that we generate content or the way that we generate code for sites, but even change the way that viewers come and use the web. Is that right? I think so. I mean, primarily I am thinking of the the content editor. How do they describe to the CMS what they want? I'd say that's mm -hmm. a very uh, kind of fairly boring process right now, you know, to maybe call it what it is in, in however many fields you're filling out. I think we're still to see exactly how this transforms like web experiences from end users point of view. And, and again, the landscape there is going to change and user expectations are probably going to change like users now. But I mean by that is just the general public are using these AI tools a lot as well. Like I think ChatGPT has like north of uh, 120 million users or something. So their expectations around whenever I see a search box now, why can't I just ask it a question and give me the response? Those kind of things. That expectation, I think, is going to be changing because I really do see this major shift that we've had in AI is just changing the way that people are interacting with their computers in whatever way. And I think we're we kind of have been in this transition for a while, right, of like Siri or, or Alexa or things like people are kind of like have been shown this promise of like, oh, you can naturally talk to a computer. But the reality is it just hasn't really worked. And most people are still stuck in the kind of like to actually get what you want, sit down with a keyboard and a mouse and, you know, do it the traditional way. That is definitely changed the past year. And I think the, the user expectation is going to be shifting with that from all of the stuff that Google unveiled a couple of weeks ago at its event in terms of like all of its products are now going to have these capabilities in. We're probably going to have Apple coming next month as well, you know, probably also vastly improving those capabilities. Like WordPress as a CMS and the solutions that are built on it are not isolated from all of that industry change. And the expectations are going to be going on, you know, going up on, on, us as a WordPress project and, and us as WordPress agencies in terms of what we deliver as well. And that's a great spot for us to take one more break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Joe Hoyle about AI and agencies. So stay tuned for more. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. I'm your host, Doc Pop, and I am chatting today with Joe Hoyle, the CTO and co-founder of HumanMade, about AI and its place in WordPress agencies. How can agencies think about using AI? That last segment, we really got in deep. I really appreciated your thoughts there, Joe. And I also appreciated that, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time as a reporter being more rigorous with my definitions. I tend to say AI when I should probably be specifically saying text to image generators, or I should be saying large language models, or I should be saying whatever, whatever powers the, the self-driving cars we see in San Francisco, you know, the very, right. we lump them together 
And I think the last thing I kind of want to talk to you about, there's a lot of folks who are kind of concerned about how AI could affect them. There's these different types of quote unquote AI, right? The large language models and all these mm. different things. And then these different types of concerns. So it's kind of hard to address them all, right? Because there's so many mm. different little things that people have. How are you trying to help work with people who might be hesitant about using AI in any form for their, for their, mm. uh, for their work? Yeah, I, I think it's a really good, really good question. I guess the, again, because this is, you know, maybe for better or worse, all been kind of like labeled AI in terms of what we're doing. Whereas like maybe a few years ago, AI more meant like that's the thing we would call a thing when it's like actually like a, you know, conscious thing that we're talking to and it's like all seeing or knowing or whatever. And, and I feel like this recent advent of of human language as is looked so convincing in many cases that it's like now we call this whole thing AI. But really, I think this is one part of the puzzle to this much larger journey that we're on, right, in terms of developing actual, let's say, artificial intelligence. But not nonetheless, there are still considerable safety issues, I think, that we need to watch out for. And I've definitely been a proponent of Having a surface level understanding of how like an LLM works, for example, because it's really important to know that the things that a LLM will tell you isn't necessarily factual, for example. So you definitely shouldn't use ChatGPT just to like give you a yes, no answer on a question or something like that. They're also trained on like half of the internet's worth of data. So that not only includes a huge amount of inaccurate information, let alone the fact that these models don't actually truthfully represent the data that you feed into them. So even in an ideal world, if you had fed them, you know, I don't know, let's even say like something like Wikipedia, they're still going to be able to hallucinate a lot of facts because they just don't have a semantic understanding really of cohesion and contradiction and things. But they're also trained on a lot of data that's written by people that is very biased. So there's a huge amount of bias in these models, obviously in terms of gender bias and racial bias and things like that. So I think once you kind of understand that of like, okay, what, what is ChatGPT doing? It's kind of ingesting a lot of content from the internet, which is at varying degrees, and it's kind of jumbling all of that out, creating associations. And ultimately, there's an algorithm that is able to print out streams of text that at a squint looks like text, right? But it doesn't represent a necessarily a cohesive worldview. It can say things that contradict itself and, and all of that. Therefore, something like ChatGPT is a long way away from some kind of oracle artificial intelligence that really does know everything and can give you the right answer to anything. Nonetheless, that doesn't mean that they're not useful. They can be used for a lot of useful things. But the the area that I've, I think that they're most useful is really in Cases where you have a human which is in the loop, so to speak, so like you're asking it to uh, help you with writing something or make suggestions or explain, you know, a concept or something like that. And you're kind of using that as a jumping off point for further research and, and all of that. And really, you're, you're using it as part of your creative process in idea generation for the most part. And that's no different to how we might have used like, you know, word clouds for brainstorming sessions and things like that. You're really just kind of trying to overcome some kind of writer's block that you might have on some challenge or, or something like that. But you're still, I think, 
keeping yourself very central to the maybe you're producing some content, you're writing some code, you're 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 trying to learn about a new topic or, or something like that. You're still keeping yourself very central to that. I think there are major issues when you actually start to kind of offload the cognitive burden of understanding, you know, so you're you have it like generate a thousand posts for you and you just publish them. Or mm-hmm. or you you like plug it into your HR pipeline to like make decisions based off of how quality, you know, people might seem based off of their resumes. Like in those kind of situations, you're really exposing yourself to a lot of inaccuracies and bias and misinformation and that kind of thing where where you're going to kind of have it run wild. And that is something that I do worry about a bit is, you know, how much of a race to the bottom in content creation are we going to have? And I think we're still on the side of that hasn't quite happened yet, but really quite feasibly, we could be creating double the amount of content of the internet every six months or something with just the sheer amount of content farming that you can now do. And and that's one specific thing that obviously I wouldn't really like to see for the kind of signal to noise ratio to really vastly change. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's maybe not perfect as it is on the internet, right? But that that's just like one of many challenges, I think. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I really appreciate it. If people want to learn more about what you're working on, I'd recommend going to twitter.com and find human-made LTD human made LTD, all one word, yeah. or just go to humanmade.com to be able to find more about your agency and and about the upcoming AI for WordPress conference that's happening. Again, that's happening on May 25th. So if you're hearing this, there's possibly time that you can still sign up and enjoy that. Thanks for listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. You can follow my adventures on Twitter at the Mag, and you can also go to torquemag.io to see more episodes of Press This, as well as our tutorials and our live streams and much more content over there. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download it directly from WMR.FM. Again, I'm your host, Doc Pop. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love spotlighting members of that community each and every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.